Real. Number one, I'm out here looking like one on one. Everyone else is a runner up, and I still feel like I ain't done enough. Talk to myself like it's your time. Walk in the building, it's your time. Gotta give thanks to the most high. I am the one that she's co-sign. Welcome back to the Coastline Conversations podcast. We have a very special episode uh, for you guys today. We have Andre Ladon, an LA-based videographer, cinematographer, and film director, originally from Dallas, Texas. In this episode, we dive deep into how he got his start at TSU, then transitioned to Atlanta and then LA to where he really broke out and made a name for himself. We're also going to talk about other positions in the film industry that Andre Ladon recommends people. Um, uh, taking part in if they want to be, uh, you know, part of a crew, part of a set, and want to be creative as well. Um, so without further ado, here's episode six with Andre Ladon. So I know you say you didn't have a bio, but, you know, I did a little research, found your LinkedIn. And um, in your LinkedIn, right, it said that you started at TSU. That's where it all started for you, right? Um so kind of talk to me about that. Um, when you were at TSU, did you know that you wanted to be, um, you know, a cinematographer or is that just, or is that something that's kind of happened? Oh man. So uh, it's crazy because when I first picked up a camera at Texas Southern, it was basically, it was like in 2011 when, um, you know, finances weren't good, right. you know, and, you know, one of my buddies was like, you know, hey, man, you need a, you need some extra income. You know, I was like, <laughs> you asking the golden question to everybody. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, what, do, you know, what does it entail? He was like, working for the yearbook staff. I was like, if you know how to use a camera, man, you know, we can be trying to put together this yearbook uh video slash like a movie basically right. because they they had seen that Howard had did like a a yearbook video you know so it was like let's do a yearbook video along with the yearbook so it goes into the yearbook as like a DVD that they can watch and I was like oh that sounds that sounds dope you know it's like a recap of all the stuff that went on through the year I'm with it you know yeah, it I'm makes like sense. I don't yeah I was like I don't really know how to use a camera though he was like, man, just fake it, man. Shoot, don't get this money. <laughs> right. I was, like, I was like, all right. So, um, yeah, man, that was the start. So what really pushed me was, um, you know, I didn't do a good job at filming because I didn't know what frame rates and all that stuff was. And it got to the point where I needed to edit it as well. And I didn't know how to edit it. So they turned it over to the TSU communications building where they were doing all the media stuff. And, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Um, push come to a shove, you know, bits and pieces of my stuff was used, you know, um, somebody else got direct the credit gotcha. and I ended up falling all the way to like cameraman three or four. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, this is this is interesting. This this made that made me feel like horrible. It made right. me feel like like crap. 
and then short shortly after they fired me from the youth you know from the yearbook committee they were like we're not gonna actually they didn't fire me they were just like we're not gonna use you next semester so i was uh, like wow what, uh, what reason did they give it was just i would i was i wasn't prepared they you know i was just going for the money gotcha. you know and then turned out you know that lit a fire in me that lit a spark in me it was just like I, like i'm great at everything i put my hands on i feel like you know so i was like all right you know what i'm gonna do i'm a i'm a, i'm gonna prove them wrong i'm gonna I'm do something great i'm gonna do something but i didn't know that it was going to be with, be with a camera right. that was what it that was what it was like i didn't I didn't want to pick up a camera again. I was just like, oh, whatever. All right. I'm a, when I'm rich, I'm going to come, you know, SHIT on them. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this, just my life just started to transition. And uh, I was just like, all right, Texas Southern, I'm, I'm like one foot out the door, you know, and, uh, that was that was that that was that chapter, man. Like that was before all of the camera stuff really just kicked out. But that was the first time I actually started working with a camera, man. Okay. Did you end up graduating from Texas Southern? Man, it was my senior year, bro. Um, and I was just like, I just I just left before it even started. You know, I left Texas Southern in 2010. I went to Atlanta to try to pursue graphic design in uh uh at the art institute okay and uh realized that it was super expensive they wasn't giving it wasn't really giving you a chance if you don't have the money to stay there you know right. or the skill set to get a scholarship you know and i wasn't talking to the right people i wasn't you know as knowledgeable as you know one would be you know, when you talk to the counselors, it's possible that, you know, they can find scholarship money for you. They can find grants for you. But had I known what I knew now, you know, you know, you just got to stay on them. You know, they right. just want to see the ambition in you. Uh, but get back on subject, it was just like my senior year, I was, I was like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Texas Southern. I'm done with college. I feel like I can make something of myself without this because you know life is you know all about a lot of people who you know the people you know right. you know your your contacts your you know rapport you know and I had that instilled in my head and you know everybody I always used to tell me you're gonna be somebody you're gonna be somebody and it it never really resonated with me other than you know sports because I wanted to play basketball and football and things like that. I was like, man, I'm not making it in either of those no more. <laughs> I'm not pursuing, you know, that's not what I'm pursuing anymore. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to make it? How am I going to be this somebody that everybody keep thinking I'm going to be? So, man, um, you know, one of my best friends, man, he was just like, he's like, man, you need to move to LA, bro. You know, move to LA. Mind you, you know, after I, when I get to Atlanta, you know, I'm going to rewind just a little bit. When I get to Atlanta, you know, I got to pay for the Art Institute out of pocket. Okay. So I get a little part-time job 
I couldn't find a job anywhere because I never really had a job. I had maybe one job before that, uh, two jobs actually, like very short lived at uh, Blockbuster coming okay. out of high school. Remember those days? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> coming out of high school, it was at Blockbuster. Then I worked at the uh, ballpark in Arlington. So I was, okay. you know, in the kitchen cooking at the uh, Ranger Stadium. So I'm like, all right, this is all I have on my resume. I don't have any of these people numbers, you know, so good luck. So I put in an application at, you know, things that I like, Banana Republic, th- like how I dressed, right. you know, uh, Gap, H&M, stuff like that. And everybody just wasn't feeling it. They were like, no, sorry. You know that, you know, Gap, I mean, uh, Target actually sends you a postcard and say, <laughs> "Wow, <laughs> you, know, you did not get accepted to work at Target." You wow. know, so it was very interesting time for me. So I called one of my buddies, and he had a you know girlfriend who was a store manager at you know this this branch in in Arlington called Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man. Do they need help, like in the back lifting boxes or anything? Yeah, anything. Like, I'm sure, like, you know. So I talked to her. She was like, you know what? Ninety percent, or ninety to one hundred percent of anybody who puts in an application that has a reference for a store manager, they get hired. So I had a reference. I had a Victoria's Secret in my sight. I walked in and I talked to the lady. I was like, how can I help you guys? Like, you know, lifting boxes in the bag, whatever, whatever, whatever. She was like, oh, we don't normally hire guys, but we cannot discriminate. We don't normally, guys normally never, you know, want to work here. But, you know, I was just like, I need a job. I got to pay for school. Right. I, you know, put everything on my application, man. They gave me a job, man. So I'm working. I'm I'm not I'm 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 working in the back for a little bit. They pulled me to the floor and now I'm working on the floor. I'm giving hand massages with lotion <laughs> and, and selling and like selling perfume. I'm like Tyrese in baby boy, you know? <laughs> He's selling dresses and stuff. Right. Forty dollars. <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. man. So you know, it was interesting. It's like I'm in, I'm in, I'm working at Victoria's Secret in Atlanta. It's like, like man, what do you done? Went out there in Atlanta and became. I'm like, bro, chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get all these crazy stories. Like they thinking you, you know, the flip sides. I'm like, bro, I just needed a job, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to pay the bills. Yeah. So. You know, I get back to, you know, I, I decide I want to go back to Texas. And that's where I was kind of, I was still in the middle of working at Victoria's Secret, going to college. And then now my buddy is like, man, you need to drop all this. We need to move. You need to move to L.A. And, you know, two years past, I was working at Victoria's Secret, basically. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm, ready. I'm, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try it. Yeah. So summer of uh, 2012, decided to move to LA, and um, you know, I wanted to, this. This is me wanting to become an A and R. 
Okay. I got so my you, mind made up. Yeah. So you're still not doing anything with cameras. Again. Still not doing nothing with the camera. So okay. I just want to be an A and R. And uh, you know, my buddy who you know, who was like, Man, let's go to LA. He was doing music. So I'm like, all right, perfect. I'm gonna be your A and R. You know, we're gonna try to go get these deals, Capitol Records and all these companies. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to make, you know what I'm saying, make our dreams come true. Cause music was like the main reason why I moved to LA. I'm like, all right, this is this is what I this is what I love doing. I used to right. make music. I used to make beats. I used to rap a little bit. It was it was <laughs> man of many talents. <laughs> yeah, man, it was just crazy. I did everything under the sun as far as cut hair, graphic <laughs> design, uh, everything, bro. So close, so shoes. So I'm like that man with that trench coat. You open it, it's like <laughs> CDs, yeah, whatever. DVDs. <laughs> whatever you need. Yeah, whatever you need. So, um, you know, the music stuff clearly didn't work, man. I was trying to get, you know, an internship or be a junior A&R at Capitol Records going back and forth with a uh, this woman with H&R. And, you know, we live in five, six people in a one-bedroom in Hollywood. And we were just like, you know what? This shit ain't working. Um, everybody just kind of split up. So at this time, I'm homeless. I'm living in a, um, I'm living in a evicted unit that the constable is uh, ready to go. I'm ready to come in and, you know, push everything out and put a lock on the door. Right. Uh, because everybody else left, they they ended up finding a new place, and you know I couldn't go because I had got into it one of the guys who was on the lease at the new uh, place. Okay. So it was like, all right, I'm sitting here like, all right, I need to go back to Texas. So uh, interesting enough, one of my frat brothers was out here doing his thing. Um, his name Billy Sorrells. Oh wow. And, uh, you know, he's from my chapter in Texas, at Texas Southern as well. So I know Billy well. I reached out to him. I was like, man, I didn't know you was in L.A. I was like, man, I got a, you know, I got a dilemma. I got a problem, like real big problem. You know, I got to either go back to Texas or if you got a couch or a floor I can lay on it to figure things out. Man, I would, you know, I don't have any way to pay rent yet, but. However, I can, man. Let's let's try to figure something out. If you find a space for me, right. So he was like, "Give me like ten minutes. I'm gonna call right back, dude." You know, when you hear that, you like, ah, shit, <laughs> dude. Man, he called me back probably like ten minutes. He said, "Where you at? I'm on my way to pick you up." That's real. Dude came pick me up and all my stuff, man. I'll never forget it. I would never forget it. And uh, this is when I learned how to edit. I basically got an editing job to stay <laughs> on his couch. So I was editing all of his shit every day. Okay. Every day. Like, that's when I, like, really fell in love with filming because I wasn't even behind the camera. I was behind the edit, you know. So I didn't even know. I was like, okay, this, you know, I got a real crash course from him and um, this guy named EK. He's like 
is my guy, man. He's like one of the guys that I really like kind of like learned from and was like, I'm going to be better than you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Because, you know, I learned to, you know, let somebody know that you want to be better than them. You know, you let them know they're good, but you let them know I'm going to be better than you. I want to be better than you because, you know, everybody wanted to be like Jordan, you right. know, but nobody wanted to be better than him. That's why Jordan is the standard, you know what I'm saying? But LeBron wanted to be better than Jordan. Kobe wanted to be better than Jordan. Like he wanted yeah. those six rings. He wanted seven rings, actually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but you know, um, got this so, crash course in editing, man. Yeah. So at this time, they taught you how to edit, or you self-taught, they, or how'd you learn how to edit? Yeah, they taught me how to edit, uh, edit okay. in Premiere Pro. Um, Premiere Pro. Okay. Yep. And uh, it just kind of, it just got started rolling from there, and then. You know, I started to get a little frustrated with, you know, some of the stuff I was seeing, you know, see like a light fixture in the in the in the uh shot. And I'm just like, man, this this ain't supposed to be like that, man. I'm like, I could have framed this up better than that, you know, and it got to the point I was like, you know, I'm gonna get a camera. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get a camera. I went to the pawn shop, got me a, a Canon T two I. Man, Canon T two I, whoo. <laughs> um, man, and I started working on shooting slow motion, man. Um, I asked one of my one of my homies, one of my frat brothers, to let me shoot him uh, walking in slow motion. And from that day on, I fell in love with it, bro. Uh, so, so you just started shooting from the hip, or did you YouTube first? Like, all right, how like what frames I need to shoot at, and what ISO and all that? Or like, how how was that first process for you? Well, YouTube was has always been something that, you know, I refer to as a, uh, you know, any educational purposes with when it comes to, you know, devices or like right. especially iPhones. You know, when jailbreaking iPhones was super popular, um, mm-hmm. like I went there and I just asked, you know, how do I, what is the ISO that I need to use? What is the frame rate? How do I get mm-hmm. the frame rates on a T2i? you know, how do I do slow motion on T2I, not frame rates, because like, who knows to say frame rates? Right, know? at that time, right. At that time. So, I uh, started just practicing, understanding, you know, the the thing that I had in front of me, you know, the possibilities and capabilities of just the camera that I had, you know, not knowing that it's a world of higher frame rates and more you know, ISO that you can use, you know, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I started to really master this little camera that I had, man. And um, I was just like, okay, I got it. Let me start to see if I can film some of this stuff out here, film some of these people out here. So one day, man, one of my buddies named uh, Chris Latouche, they call him Video Chris. We, you know, affectionately known as Video Chris. Mm-hmm. Man, I meet him in the summer. I mean, the uh, the winter of 2012, like around November. I meet him, my guy Jay Murphy, and my my boy Chris Roy. They all together came over to Billy House, and it was just like, yo, yeah, we just moved to LA from Miami. Yeah, man, Puff just moved us out here, man. I was like, what? <laughs> 
What did he just yeah. say? So this guy's Puff's, you know, private, you know, personal videographer. And he's shooting Cassie, he's shooting Ciroc, he's shooting Rick Ross, he's shooting everybody that Diddy knows. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, how do I fucking get to know this these people he's shooting? How do I get that good? Because Chris Chris was like the standard when it came to like videos. Like Puff was like in the face of everything. So I'm like, all right, I gotta I gotta see what this guy's shooting with. This guy was shooting with a 5D Mark II, 5D, uh, yeah, 5D Mark II with like a nice glass on it. I think he had like a 35 or 50 millimeter, mm-hmm. uh, 85. He had like all those, bro. And I'm just like. How much is that? Pricing. He's like four, four thousand, four thousand. I'm like, shit. Okay, <laughs> but I'm sure like he either bought it with a check from Puff or Puff just said, all right, let's get what you need. Right. You know. So I'm like, damn, lucky man. Um, so going forward, you know, as we're working or as you know, you know, I'm getting to know these guys. You know, he's asking me for like tips and tricks on, you know, Cassie videos, some Ciroc stuff he's doing. I'm like, oh, I must really can edit, you know, because now I'm like deep in the editing game. I'm like, yeah, I'm like an editor, boy. I'm, 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 I'm fired with this edit. I love editing at this point. So um, one day, man, it's crazy. This is the craziest day of my life, actually. Uh, he's like, yo, man, what you doing? I'm like, man, just over here, just chilling, just, you know, just waiting on some opportunities. He's like, yo, man, Drea, Drea needs to, uh, Drea needs to film, I mean, needs somebody to film her. It's her one year anniversary for her fine ass girls collection. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, word? Okay. But I ain't got no camera, man. I don't want to use my camera. He was like, I'll let you use my uh, 60D. I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just use my 60D, bro. I was like, all right, cool. Where you? He was like, you ain't trying to film me? He was like, nah, nah, man. I'm just trying to chill today. I was like, okay, cool. I get over there. He give me the camera. And, you know, I'm recording. I'm recording everything from the house to to the clubs. Like, it's for my first time recording. Uh, I believe it was James Harden. Dang. Nifty Hustle, uh, Trey Songs, uh, like everybody in this video, uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson, everybody's at this club in 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 uh, L.A. called Lore, and it's just packed with celebrities. I'm like, this first time, like heartbeat, heart is racing. This is my first time really just like shooting celebrities like that. So I'm like, all right, cool get to the you know the end of the day and uh now i don't have any contact for drea like i just followed her the entire time but i don't have a contact for her so i'm trying to reach her so i'm dming her dming her dming her because chris is now out of the country the next day he he flies to england with puff (laughs) so I'm like DMing her, and then finally she answers, she replies, she's like, oh yeah, 
You can send it to my email. I sent her the video. She goes crazy. She sends fire flames, fire flame, fire flame. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe it. This is so dope. You know, and she was just like, you know what? I'm gonna use you every time. Wow. Every time. Brother, from that day on, me and Dre have been click tight. And she kept her word. Wow. Kept her word. Every video, everything we did, every video she did, she called me. Every time she needed me, she called needed video, she called me. And we've been killing it ever since. And Drea basically opened a lot of people's eyes and a lot of people's vision towards me. Um, you know, about a year went on, a year, say, let's say a year passed, and I'm just doing all Drea stuff, Ciroc infused, because now she's a Ciroc girl. Gotcha. Puff, Puff reaches out. Wow. He brings, he's like, man, I need you to go do Ciroc for me in Miami for Rick Ross. So I go do uh, double M, uh, MMG weekend, Rick Ross weekend in Miami. I'm filming everything. I'm dinners for Rick Ross. Um, everything, brother. So it was just like, wow, everybody's acknowledging my work now. And um, he flew me to Dominican Republic with Cassie to film a Ciroc campaign with Cassie in Dominican Republic. And I was just like, wow. That's crazy. All of this because of a camera. Yeah. All of this because of a, a, a small vision and, and just the ambition behind it. And um, 2014 comes, man. And now everybody is watching me and I have no idea. I get a call from Q at World Star Hip Hop. He says, hey, Dre, man, I love what you're doing, man. I want to bring you in as our creative director. Wow. So now I'm creative director at World Star Hip Hop. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yes, bro. God. The craziest, the craziest stuff just started to happen. Just back to back to back to back to back. And it was like everybody wanted to work with me from House of CB. Bro, they offered me a national ad. Wow. Like they they offered me a national ad and I couldn't even take it. Why not? Because I because I was working with World Star. Oh, okay. I had exclusive I was exclusive to them. So it was just so crazy, man. Um you know, World Star was very short lived because, you know, me and, me and Q had, God rest his soul, me and Q had creative differences. Okay. And, you know, it was just, it was it was unfortunate because I wanted to, you know, help Worldstar become not just this place where we came to see Black people do ignorant stuff. You know what right. I'm saying? I was trying to uplift our brothers and sisters to show that, you know, we're more than just, you know, just a fight compilation. We're more than just, you know, some random sex porn, porn revenge, you know, or 
whatever they, you know, posted on there, World Star Camp, we're more than just that, you know, and I was trying to put real stories on there. And the story that I did put on there, it made it to CNN. CNN picked it up and Q was featured on World, I mean, on, on CNN. He was talking about the entire piece that he basically had no involvement with other than it being on his page. I mean, on his, on his website. Wow. So I went to produce the entire piece. I found the guy, um, his name is Curtis Harmon. He was one, he's a, uh, um, he, he has one hand and he was trying out for the NFL. He had a combine and everything. And the story was so touching because it was just like, wow, anybody can do anything. You can do anything. If you got one arm, it's, it's now look at, look at the NFL. Now we have a linebacker with one arm in the, in the right. NFL. The twin from at, at, in Seattle, and now we got you know we had somebody deaf who played for Seattle. Like it was possible, you know sure. what I'm saying? If everything would have played its part, you know, the, the correct way. But that was just like I just had an opportunity to be a part of that, and I was you know that alone. I'm thankful for so. It's been such an amazing journey, man, and I can't even I can't stress the issue enough that you know I'm thankful to everybody that played a pivotal part of my you know where I'm where I'm at today, from friends to family, you know the ones that believed in me, the ones that didn't believe in me. It's just been you know that's always motivated me to you know be where I'm at and also come back and do something for you know the city that I know and love so well Dallas Sessions hey. nah, definitely do you think uh, after all this do you think um, you know school was even uh, worth it like do you, are you content with your decision of of uh, dropping out I'm definitely content with that because um, you know I look at I look at society like like this they send you to college or they give you that i mean they make you um have to go to college to go work for their company i never wanted to work for nobody i wanted to work for myself so in that case there there are 18 year olds that are willing and able to get out here and change the world you know at these companies but they want you to go to college they want you to go get all of that skill set right now that you're probably not even going to use in their work field, you know? Um, so my, my decision to just say, you know what, I'm done, you know, was probably the best thing because I, now I'm working for myself. I'm, I'm learning everything on the go, but you know, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not scared that I'm. I'm gonna get fired. I'm not scared that I'm gonna get laid off uh, due to certain situations because, you know, that was. That's what we. That's what we're scared of. You know, that's that's corporate America. So you know where I'm at now, man. You know, I'm and same thing. I'll be able to tell my son, like, hey, you can go to college. This is a particular. If there's a particular career you want, choice that requires a degree then yeah, go get it, you know, go for it. 
but if he's an artist and you know in the arts world and he's a creative i'm gonna say hey i support you 100 because that's what i needed i didn't have that support you know what i'm saying and when you get that support early then you're better off but what i really want to know is especially that kind of ties in with the whole cosign thing is so who would you say is the first mm-hmm. person that co-signed you and, and kind of realized that, you know, us was possible. Was it, would it be Billy Sorrells or, or who was that first person that kind of believed in you when it came to this whole um, career and, and, you know, cinematography with videos and everything? Um, I, I mean, I could say Billy believed in me just as a, you know, as a person that, that is as willing and able to be a, be a creative, right. but um, Dre Michelle believed in, and anything I was capable of doing, okay. she gave she gave me the foundation. She gave me the light to shine. I mean, the path to be able to you know go shine my light, right. bro. Like, yeah, she did that. That's amazing. I can't take that away from. That's her, awesome, bro. man. I mean, we interviewed her in 2013. I want to say, mm-hmm. She's an amazing person, bro. That's that's awesome that y'all got to work together. Um. So, oh, yeah, that's my. Yeah, so out of everything you've done in your career thus far, from Awesomeness TV, Drea, All Depth Digital, to Rock Revolt, what's been the most rewarding project for you? Honestly, man, I can't lie. I mean, I, I go back to Drea with this, man. Just watching her evolution, mm-hmm. like we started. Like we started so like blind with this whole thing, and we always said that you know we'll make make sure each other you know look dope when when it's time for the lights to turn on. You know, um, watching her evolution, man. She's like like she was the one picked on on television. Now everybody else that was picking on her is irrelevant, right. and she's the most relevant one. You know, um, other than that, man, um, just being able to, like myself, man, honestly, I look in the mirror and I just be like, like, you did your thing, just sticking in there and and, and evolving over the time, you know, got to give myself my flowers. Not for sure. Because (laughs) it's, it's the, you know. We need to do that a lot to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It it, it instills our it instills self you know, self confidence and, and and you know, that's that's what it is, man. I'm just happy to be able to be recognized for what I love doing, you know. Nah, definitely man, and with your experience, bro, I have to ask you like what advice would you give to another person just picking up a camera and wanna kinda of follow your footsteps? Like what would you tell them? Man, I see it all the time, man. Um, there's a there's a dope guy in Dallas who's coming up. His name is Rick. Uh, he started off as a drone operator. Now he's kind of, you know, kind of getting into the filming world. He's like filming Derrick Henry, you know, over at Sanders Fitness. Uh, but what I would say, man, like stick with your guns. Whatever you have available to make it happen, make it happen to the highest 
capability of what you have. Yeah. You know, if you're using an iPhone, throw that mug in 4K, throw it on a little gimbal. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Get those slow shots, get the highest quality, get those nice buttery shots that you can do. Like, don't, don't think anything that you have isn't enough, you know, because all you're doing is just getting better, you know, just getting better. Keep getting better every time. If, if you doing the same video, the same content, the same stuff, you can do the same video a hundred times. If you're not getting better at it a hundred times of doing that same video, then you cheating yourself. Right. Just get better and outdo yourself every time. Nah, that's amazing, bro. So so what can we expect in the future, man? I've seen some recent clips you put out for um, a fashion line, bro, and it looks like, man, mini TV-ready commercials. Like, I want to buy <laughs> I want to buy something from her. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, what's what's so crazy is um actually let me let me add on to that uh that last question you asked about i mean not the last question the one that the 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 thing that makes makes everything worth right. it uh the thing that i was putting out the last commercial i put out before that was pretty much one of my first uh big shoots that i had like a crew that was pretty you know about 20, 20 people, 20 to 30 people helping me, listening to me, letting me tell them what to do. Right. Um, was this commercial based around that uh, disability oh, yeah. uh, accessory called Lucy? Right. That right there changed my life, bro. It, it made me understand that, you know, the stuff that we glorify so much, you know, versus these people that can't really just go do things that we do right. easy step off a curb walk to a curb and stop knowing that oh there's a cliff there they couldn't do that in their wheelchair right. their power wheelchair now they can with that technology it's like you know things that we consciously know they have to really pay attention to like we know that there's a set of stairs we don't know how many stairs there are it could be a hundred stairs but we know that we can look forward and drop down a stair, drop down a stair. You know what I'm saying? They have to make sure that they pay attention to every obstacle that comes about. And being able that I was a part of that technology, the introduction of that technology that is Emmy worthy, that is like, Man, it just that just warms warms my heart. Like the person in me, that's the person yeah. in me. But that's um, amazing, bro. Yeah, I just had to I had to say that. Uh, but going back into what to expect, man. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this director. I know everybody knows him. Everybody <laughs> should know him, Chris Robinson. Oh yeah, Chris Robinson, Mr. Robot robot director um this man has done some of the most amazing movies well videos content he did the new edition story on bet he's done music videos back back when we were like right. kids um so he just followed me and told me that that commercial idea was beautifully shot 
And basically, he's just like, you got it. You <laughs> yeah. got it. Gave so, me that cosign. <laughs> he gave me that cosign. <laughs> and uh, we talked on the phone for a nice a nice half an hour, man. And he was just, just picking my brain. I was picking his brain and just come to the understanding of certain things that, you know, I need to understand about business and stuff. But be on the lookout for a movie that I will be directing and producing based on the city of Oak Cliff. Oh, wow. That's going to be major. Yes, sir. That's going to be major. Yes, sir. And uh, speaking of Oak Cliff real quick, man, I've seen you work with uh, one of our favorite artists, Jason Lyric. Man. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's my yeah, guy. Yeah. Y'all are both, <laughs> both super talented. Y'all are both super talented, man. So just from your Thank from you, your uh, from your POV, man, what is it that you see about Jason that you know makes him, you know, a quality artist that you want to work with? I man, the thing the interesting thing about Jason, man, is that when I first heard his music, you know, it didn't sound like he was trapped in a right. bubble. And that's what a lot of Dallas artists, a lot of artists, I can't say a lot of Dallas artists, just artists in general, like, don't, or they fail to understand. Like, you're not rapping for your block. You're not rapping for your circle. You're rapping for everyone. You're rapping for the world. You're, 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 you're an artist for the world. If you want your stuff to go worldwide, you can't just be like my street signs. You can't just you can't just talk about the things that are just like right here in that little bubble. And with Jason, he made everybody feel like they're a part, you know, with his sound. His sound is very universal. His sound is very clear. Like you you can hear what he's saying, you know, and his wordplay is so it's so dope. It's just like, yo, this this dude is this dude is gonna get signed by Dev Jam or 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 um uh Hove. What is the Hove? Oh, Rock uh, Nation. Uh Rock mm-hmm. Nation. It's like Rock Nation or or somebody's gonna come get this lyrical kid because his lyrics are just like like they like that. They they dope. Like it's just like you wanna listen to this guy. You don't wanna Turn the turn the 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 song without hearing right. the verses. For you sure. know what I'm saying? So, um, you know this. The, he he's definitely he he definitely has a future. Definitely to with me. Like if, if we gonna do the Spike Lee and Denzel thing, <laughs> man. Hey, we, I think that's what I think we gonna do, man. He's gonna be the artist, and I'm gonna be the director. Yeah, you know, nice little combo. And and yeah, the one two punch, man. And and I'm here for it all, man. I'm and he knows that. So um we actually got some stuff that we're actually about to about to work on again here soon and, and hit him back in the mouth again. Like No Edits was one of my favorite videos that he just let me go completely. Yeah. Now that was it. Completely what I wanted to do with that. That was a dope so, visual. Definitely dope visual, man. And uh yeah. And one of my last questions, man, is um, so, you know, the youth, you know, they're getting more creative. Um, Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. They want to pick up a camera. But kind of tell us 
you know, from what you've seen in your career, other positions and jobs and things people can actually look into if they want to be in the film and entertainment industry without having to be a director. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always have to be the main person. Like, what oh, else can yeah. they do to kind of yeah. get in the industry? That's a that's a that's a great question, man. Um, because a lot of a lot of guys that started off like like me, you know, they're starting off now and you know picking up a camera. the The idea is to find your niche. Like, if you love it, then no one can take that away from you. But there are things that people do for lighting. You know, people do right. lighting. People do. Uh, they edit, you know, they, they go do visual effects and those things generate a lot of money. Editing probably generates more money than directing. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, because you are editing for such a long time. If you get a movie, if you get a documentary and you're, 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 you're generating way more money than, you know, than this one off job. You get what I'm saying? Um, constant money is being a grip or, and a grip is basically like going in and putting up the lights, putting up uh, the flags, putting up C-stands, putting up anything that revolves around okay. the set and making sure that everything is sturdy, making sure that you know, you're on your prompt and, and like that's constant money. Like you can get a job today, a, a job tomorrow, things that you don't even have to worry about afterwards. You know, you're just, okay, I'm on set today with, you know, this director. I'm, you know, putting up all this stuff and all right, the next day you're on set with another director, but you're making money every day yeah, that you're there. Work. Every day. It's constant work. Um, man, it's so many, it's so many, a producer, you get like, there's a, you know, pro- produce, like when you, if you know how to be organized, organization is one of the main things in the film industry. You have to be organized or have somebody to organize for you. Like I'm controlled chaos. Like I'm organized, but I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm all over the place, man. So, uh, but, so uh, people say they're getting produced most, credit. What does that, what does that mean? What does that entail if somebody like helps produce a project or video? So a producer credit basically means that they will be listed in okay. the credits. That way, um, you know, whether you're union or not, you're pushing towards union if you're not, you know, if you're union, then you get a specific pay, you know, um, like there are so many different categories when it comes to, um, you know, being a producer and, you know, cause it's just like, all right, I'm a producer because, you know, I, you know, I actually brought all of this together or I'm a producer because I actually had the ideas that came gotcha. with this, you know, and, you know, so, um, but most importantly, you get that producer credit is because your name is, I mean, your name is going to be listed because there's an executive producer. There's a, a, just a producer of the entire, you know, uh, production. So, um, 
you know, it's 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 a it's, it's many categories to this to this film world, man. But they're like when you read the credits, people need to stay yeah, for the credits. For sure. That way, they can see all the involvements of people, like everybody. Everybody in the credits got yeah. paid. So. <laughs> yeah, and they they, work, they they all work to make yeah. this come to life. Exactly. So when you hear about these hundred million dollar mm-hmm. budgets, watch the credits. <laughs> watch where For all sure. that money went. <laughs> That's where all the money went. In those credits, so um, a lot of people can can really just understand the world of film by just just really sticking around and understanding. All right, executive producer, producer, line producer, um, cinematographer, cameraman, camera operator, yeah. uh, man one, man two. Like these are actors, actresses, people that you know are actually, you know behind the camera and on set like so um it's a it's a very broad um category of no. work man that's yeah, that's man. dope bro that's amazing man we're almost about that hour mark bro definitely got to do a follow-up man but i definitely want to thank you for your time for chatting us with on this cosine conversations podcast bro um you know, a lot of people already know you, you know, you're a big deal, but you know, for those who don't, man, please leave us with, you know, your socials, where they can find you and all that good stuff, brother. Oh yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, I want to appreciate you guys, man. Um, cause you know, what you guys do is, is, is phenomenal. Uh, recognizing people, you know, for the things that they do, whether it be, uh, for the community or whether it be in entertainment, you know, you guys are great, man. Uh, so thank you. you. Um, my name is Andre Ladon Turner the <laughs> second. People think Ladon is made <laughs> up. They think it's like a LA Don, right. like like I'm the Don of LA. <laughs> no, nah, that's my actual yeah, middle name. Uh, <laughs> I just go by that because you know I felt like it was a little French and you know add a little twist <laughs> got to you. it. Um but uh yeah Andre Ladon at Andre Ladon on everything. That's A N D R E L A D O N like on Instagram, on Facebook, on shoot. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Snapchat. I don't have any of that other stuff. But yeah man um, I'm on Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. Man, that's what. And I'm never on Facebook. <laughs> but. Well, make sure y'all follow Andre Ladon on Instagram, man. And as you know, brother, we co-sign. You co-sign everything you do uh, from Dallas to L.A., man. Appreciate you. And we come out there, man. We definitely going to have to work and get something together. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much. I co-sign. Hey. co-sign. <laughs> Here we go. I appreciate you, bro. You take it easy, man. All right. All right. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to episode six of the Coastline Conversations podcast. We had an amazing episode with Andre Ladon, an L.A.-based film director. If you liked what you heard, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Coastline Conversations podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at CoastlineMag and visit CoastlineMag.com. And as always, please continue to live the Coastline life. Peace.